aspect of the Lord of glory, right? He would have to be extraordinarily morally pure. He would have to display in his life extraordinary moral purity. And he's even doing that as he's growing up as a young child. You see that in verse 40, these strong statements. The child grew and became strong and he was filled with wisdom. Wisdom. He was filled with wisdom. We've talked about what wisdom means. Wisdom, the skill of rightly aligning yourself with the God who made you and the creation around you. And here is baby Jesus whose very substance, his very flesh was created by himself, really, has come into the world and he is rightly relating to God the Father, his Father, and to all the creation around him in a way that surpasses every young child that ever lived. Verse 52, Jesus grows in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus is displaying, even in his young life, extraordinary moral purity. Uh, the kind of moral purity that was demanded for the, uh, of the Messiah. Uh, because the Messiah needed to be the second Adam. The one who was obedient. And Jesus is displaying, even in his young life, obedience. Uh, maybe you are a young one listening to this sermon today. This is talking about Jesus when he was about your age. Twelve years old and younger. And let me tell you about the difference between you and Jesus. Uh, when Jesus was your age... He was always perfectly obedient to God in heaven, unlike you. And this is the one that you have to look to to save you from your sins. And Jesus is displaying that indeed he was filled with wisdom and he was filled uh, with the life of God as he was God himself uh, in the flesh. There are other things that uh, are not surprising to us when we see Jesus being displayed in his young life as the Lord of glory. He is a, a prophet like unto Moses. We were expecting the Lord of glory, the Messiah, to come and be that prophet, capital P, like unto Moses, the one who would perfectly understand the will of God and perfectly explain it to the people of God. And here Jesus is at a very young age, verse 46, among the teachers in the temple listening to them and asking them questions, and everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. Uh, Jesus is the prophet like unto Moses, even at a young age, he is displaying extraordinary skill in interpreting the scripture, in understanding the scripture, in asking and answering the right questions about who God is and how he relates to mankind. This is extraordinary. I mean, here you have Jesus reading and discussing Old Testament prophecy with the teachers, prophecy that is about him coming to a greater and greater intellectual maturity as a boy who is growing, that the scriptures are about him, seeing how he is the realization of all the promises that were made about him. He's reading the Old Testament, reading the prophecies about the temple in the temple, realizing that he is the eternal temple himself at age 12. This kind of insight into the Word of God, this kind of skill, uh, not only to understand, but then to uh, speak to others about the will of God and about His redemptive plan in history is something that clearly stands out about this boy. Uh, this boy is the prophet like unto Moses. He is that Messiah. All of this we would have expected of him, that he came in 
perfect obedience to all of the law, that he would be extraordinary in his skill in interpreting the scripture and understanding God's word, that his righteousness would be perfect as the second Adam, the one who would obey God's law for his people. Uh, But there are some unexpected ways in which Jesus shows himself uh, to be the Lord of glory, which Luke highlights in the story also. Uh, One of the uh, unexpected things, uh, especially perhaps in the minds of people uh, who were interacting with Jesus at this time, uh, was that Jesus shows himself to be the one who is going to take the kingdom of God from Old Covenant Israel and give it to his multinational church. I'm going to say that again. Uh, what was unexpected about the Lord of glory as he came into the world especially those uh, who were uh, living in that time, was that he was going to be taking the kingdom of God from Israel, Old Covenant Israel, and giving it to his multinational church. I mean, one might have expected, especially if you were an Israelite living at the time, that when you read the prophecies in the Old Testament about the Messiah who is coming, that the Messiah is going to come and deliver Israel and raise Israel to political prominence and make Jerusalem the religious center of the universe forever and ever. Uh, expressions like Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel or Anna spoke about all those uh, about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. The consolation of Israel long expected. The redemption of Jerusalem, many would understand that to mean that Jesus was going to come and sit on David's throne in Jerusalem and establish them politically, right? Uh, But Jesus has a different agenda in this story. Uh, You see that in a few ways. Luke will highlight. I mean, first the way the story begins in chapter 2, verse 1. Those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. The entire Roman world. The story of the birth of Jesus is framed on the occasion of an international census. Why? is pointing toward the idea that Jesus is not just Israel's Lord, but he's a universal international baby. He's a baby who's taking the kingdom, who's going to grow, to take the kingdom from Old Covenant Israel and going to bring it into uh, the multinational church. A few different ways. Another way, what is uh, the striking characteristic of both Simeon and Anna who are in the temple? What is the most striking characteristic about Simeon and Anna, who are these old covenant witnesses in the temple? Well, it's that they're old. They're going to die. Simeon Simeon and Anna are old and are going to die, just like the covenant which they're representing is growing old and ready to die when Jesus comes into the world. Look at verse uh, 26 there. He was waiting for the consolation, or it had been revealed to Simeon by the Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Verse 36 about uh, Anna. Uh, She was very old, and she had been uh, living with her husband for seven years, but then was a widow until she was 84. And these people stand in the temple as old covenant witnesses that Jesus was coming to fulfill that covenant to be the one then eventually who would take the kingdom of God away from those people 
and bring in the new. Uh, Verses uh, 32 and 34, you see uh, Simeon talking about it himself. Jesus is a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. The Gentiles in view here, and then 34. This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. Simeon stands in his own life as a witness that the old covenant is dying, that Jesus comes uh, as a sword over which the old covenant nation of Israel will stumble, but the Gentiles will be brought in along with those of the nation of Israel who also are looking uh, for the Lord Jesus, like Simeon and Anna. Uh, So you might not have expected that, but this is what the Lord of glory is doing. He has to bring the kingdom to the multinational church so that the whole universe will ultimately reach glorification. It was not God's plan originally only to save some from a particular uh, ethnic region, or at least predominantly from a particular ethnic region, but Jesus is reclaiming men, women, and children from every tribe, tongue, and nation to himself. And so he had to expand the kingdom when he came. Uh, to fit his task as the Lord of glory, to fit his title. Of course, there are other uh, obvious unexpected things. Uh, You don't expect the Lord of glory, the one who rules the heavens and the earth, the one who is coming to deliver us from sin and corruption, uh, to be weak. But of course, uh, we see that he's born like an animal. Comes time for the baby to be born. Verse 7, she wraps him in cloths and places him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Verse 16, repeated, why to emphasize it. They hurried off and they found the baby who was lying in the manger. That was the sign that the angel said to look for. Why is that talked about three times? It's talked about to get you to think about the fact that the Lord of glory was born like an animal. And that is completely unexpected, isn't it? What else is unexpected? Well, who gets the first announcement that Jesus was born? It's the shepherds, verse 8, living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Shepherds? The people who live in the field? I mean, you think that the Lord of glory comes into history and the first announcement would be made maybe in the temple to the religious leaders or perhaps to the political rulers of uh, Jerusalem at the time or even messages sent to the Roman rulers by God announcing sending angels to them? No, but the announcement of the Savior who's born like an animal goes to shepherds out in the field. All of this uh, pointing, of course, toward what? Uh, That Jesus is coming and seeking those who are the insignificant, those who recognize themselves to be in need of mercy by God, those who would look to acknowledge that they need a sacrifice in their place, they need somebody to live a life of humiliation, like being born as an animal, to suffer their entire lives, and especially on the cross to take the place uh, for their sins, right? Uh, Jesus not coming for the healthy, but coming for the sick. Uh, Not coming for those who have everything perfectly in order and then the Lord of glory will come and sort of help them along to reach the end. No, the Lord of glory coming into the world to save those who are lost 
and desperate for a savior, desperate for someone to be persecuted in their place. Maybe unexpected, but this is the Lord of glory. We might have expected that it would have been clear to everybody who was meeting him at this time that uh, he was indeed the Lord of glory, but that wasn't the case. That wasn't even the case even uh, of those who were growing to be devoted followers of him. It's interesting, Mary's repeated a couple of times. She, verse 19, treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And in verse 50, Mary and Joseph, they don't understand when Jesus tells them, didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? They don't understand what he was saying to them. They were not clear on who Jesus was, were they? The followers of the Lord Jesus Christ at different points in his life, not clear about who he was, not clear about his relationship to God who sent him into the world, not clear about the work that he was doing in order to save uh, those whom he loved. Uh, Luke would have us place uh, ourselves in this story uh, to ask ourselves, how do we understand the Lord of glory? Uh, do we acknowledge that he came lowly, lived like, uh, lived like an animal in his infancy, uh, suffered his whole life uh, because he was doing that for us? He was taking the place of us, taking on himself what we deserved, uh, seeing that he comes in fulfillment of all the scripture as the one who will deliver us from our struggles and dissatisfaction. Uh, do we identify ourselves spiritually as a shepherd, someone who lives out in a field, someone who really doesn't have any prominence? Or do we think of ourselves as pretty strong? And uh, we recognize that Jesus is coming for those who acknowledge their weakness uh, and acknowledge their sin and that they have nothing to stand before God uh, with of their own. Uh, probably most scandalously, most shockingly, most unexpected about Jesus' earthly life, uh, excuse me, uh, early life, is that uh, it's prophesied of him that he's going to die. Verse uh, 35. Uh, this is Simeon speaking to uh, the parents. says to Mary, A sword will pierce your own soul too. Uh, the love, Mary, that you have for your baby uh, is going to take a, a crushing blow when you see him uh, dying for the sins of his people. Uh, that is unexpected of the Lord of glory. It is unexpected that one would come to suffer. Unexpected at least under earthly expectations. Uh, the prophets were always looking forward to one who would be crushed in our place, right? Uh, but not everybody gets that. Uh, Jesus is the Lord of glory who is presented to us in this passage as the one who comes to fulfill all of the law and the prophets, the one who displays, even when he was young, extraordinary moral purity, extraordinary insight into the word of God, extraordinary truthfulness. And he lives like an animal, and he has a prophecy of his own death to remind us that he will die for our sins. And then, of course, be raised by the Father to bring in the glorification for his people.
Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Today in the town of David a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace to men on whom His favor rests. And this Lord of glory uh, has given His favor uh, to you. To all those who look humbly to Him in faith. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we acknowledge that this little child of lowly birth will be the king of all the earth. And uh, how we praise you and thank you that uh, even in his infancy and in his young life, he demonstrated himself to be the Lord of glory, the one who will, who did and will deliver us uh, from our sins and from this uh, corrupted world. Would you, uh, first of all, humble us to recognize that he was born like an animal and suffered his whole life, even died, uh, because we deserved all of that. And also uh, help us to uh, acknowledge that uh, he is the one who is risen and will uh, deliver us and give us the glorified body like unto his, and that uh, you have not left us alone. Uh, thank you for Jesus, and uh, would we look to him unswervingly for our salvation and for our encouragement along the way. We ask these things in his holy name. Amen. Our song is number 337, or 336, excuse me, 336. How bright appears the morning star with mercy beaming from afar. The host of heaven rejoices, O righteous branch, O Jesse's rod, son of man and son of God, we too lift our voices. Jesus, holy yet most lowly, draw near to us, great Emmanuel, come and hear us. The three stanzas together, 336. 336. 